Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. More importantly, greetings to wherever you are and whenever you are listening to the sound of my voice. A clear indication that you have arrived at the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. A pocket outside of time, one folded gently into the multiverse. A place with an interdimensional spinner rack holding all of the books published from DC Comics this week, and our opportunity to choose the five that I think deserve your attention. This is DC Comics News, The Spinner Rack, episode number 47. I'm Seth Singleton, your host, and happy to kick us off with my first choice, which is Batman, Curse of the White Knight, issue number seven. This story features Sean Murphy providing the script, art, and covers, with Matt Hollingsworth providing colors and cover colors, and world design provided the letters. And in this story, we get an opportunity to see just who Bruce Wayne and Batman really are. The discovery of a family secret and the recognition that an identity is or is not based on a name challenge batman and bruce wayne to face who they are what their role has been in gotham and how they want their legacy in gotham to be viewed when all things have come and gone and all is said and done the challenge facing them is a city under terror as azrael learning the secret as well has taken on the mantle of the bat and begun a violent attack on the criminal underworld. Those who stand in his way have met the fury of his fire and the consequences have shaken Gotham not only to its core, but its citizens left questioning, wondering, much like Batman, what to do next. The biggest challenge is that on more than one level, Batman and Bruce Wayne are faced with the question of whether or not they trust Gotham, the people around them, those who they know to do right, to do the best for themselves and Gotham, and to show him what it is he needs to do. And it all starts with that question of trust. We get some really lovely moments throughout the book. The art is clearly a love note to Batman and all of the mythos that has been built around him over these last 80 years. A lovely full-page shot of Azrael in the bat suit soaring across the sky, evoking images of the... Uh, Nightfall series and the original appearance of Azrael in his own design of a bat suit is a nice homage and a few other appearances from classic pieces of Batman's more recent history are really great. I I love their appeal. I love not only their dynamics but also the way these iconic images, these great bits of nostalgia appear on the page and are highlighted with some really beautiful colors 
great inking. It's it's a treasure to behold. I've enjoyed so far every chapter of Curse of the White Knight. And with this chapter number seven, we have a chance for Batman, Bruce Wayne, to assess who they really are based on a name, based on everything else about what has defined them to this point. And in doing so, they'll make a choice that for Gotham and the future is potentially the only way forward. After all, if you've been reading this series, you can see he's tried everything else, and the books prior to it have shown us just what the consequences of those choices has been. Can Batman finally set things right one last time? It teases up for the next issue and, well, a wealth of possibilities. Happy to make Batman Curse of the White Knight, issue number seven. My first choice here on the Spinner Rack, episode number 47. A great book, a solid five out of five. One I'm happy to share with you and hear your thoughts on whenever you get a chance to share them with me. Now for my second choice, I went with Dial H for Hero, issue number 12. The final issue in this 12-issue maxi-series, one that I've really enjoyed from writer Sam Humphreys, with uh, interior and cover art from Joe Canones, Jordan Gibson, and colors by Dave Sharp, with letters by Brittany Holzer. This has been a really great adventure for Miguel and his newest friend Summer as they experience the H-Dial, learn the opportunities it offers, and then along with it, discover what the responsibilities are that come with the power the H-Dial can provide, and also the concerns that can exist when you're dealing with a weapon of such immense power. What we end up with is a really powerful story about Miguel understanding just what it is that makes a hero and why it is he is actually able to do more as the person he's always been than as some fanciful version of himself that can be created with the age style. Through this understanding, he not only works to reunite the powered superhero version of himself with the self that starts this issue, trapped with Summer, in a dimension very similar to one you might have enjoyed from uh, recent Young Justice episodes. And if you have an extensive history of Apocalypse and Granny Goodness, then this should also appear familiar to you as well. And through this story, we not only see that Miguel is discovering what it means to be a hero, but that Robert Reed is understanding that as Mr. Thunderbolt, the quest for power has equal consequences to those that Miguel has been uncovering, and that his quest for power has now changed who he was, who he wanted to be, and the person that he still wants to love and respect him in the end. That change proves to be Mr. Thunderbolt's 
undoing. And no matter what version of himself he tries to create in order to defeat Miguel and Summer, he is limited by the weaknesses that have led him to take on this quest in the first place. I really enjoyed this story of discovery for Miguel and Summer, the letters Miguel composes in his mind to Superman, and the many ways that we see his growth and understanding when it comes to what real power is, what it means to be a superhero, how he can find a way to use the powers he already has to be the best version of himself and thus an amazing superhero without the age style or any other similar tool or power giving source. Now, Miguel and Summer have a very interesting future ahead of them. And I hope you get a chance to enjoy this final chapter, see the events that bring them to the end of their story, and also look ahead with them at what their decisions have brought about, and maybe consider, like they have, and will continue to, just what their future might hold. Is this the final appearance of the H-Dial in comics? I don't believe so, especially given a recent appearance in Young Justice. I think perhaps this was just a great introduction to Miguel, Summer, and the possibility of, well, the H-Dial becoming a larger part of the DC universe, multiverse, and future stories to come. I was pleased to give Dial H a really strong 5 out of 5, and I thought this 12-issue series had very strong notes in every issue and ended with a crescendo in issue number 12. With that announcement, the puppy next door is playing with something rather loud, so I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to take a quick break, come back to you with my third, fourth, and fifth choices, and hopefully... I'll find a way to help the puppy next door bring that noise to a quieter level. Thanks for your patience. Enjoy all we have coming to you from DC Comics News and things we want to make sure you're aware of. We'll be right back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by... The guys that bought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. 
I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. And thank you for your patience as we went ahead and took that quick break. Hope you got a chance to catch up on all the exciting things DC Comics News is involved in, all the great offerings we have coming your way, and all the ways you can be a part of it. Let's continue our way back through the third, fourth, and fifth choices of this episode, the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Coming back, we have Justice League Dark, issue number 20. Now this one brings back a few very popular characters. I know that with the elements involved, it was only a matter of time before we saw Buddy Baker on the cover of Justice League Dark. Sadly, his arrival is not for just a a fun hangout session, maybe some beers with the team, but brought on by the appearance of a man covered in spores. Think mushrooms, think fungus, think clouds of tiny particles ejecting into the air. And when this man and others like him begin climbing to the tallest parts of the city to release these spores and bring about some very supernatural occurrences. It becomes the part of Buddy Baker, the Justice League Dark Team, and a few maybe outside members, maybe reserve members, to help bring about, or at least attempt, some form of resolution. What's really going on is something they're trying to understand. But from what they can tell through Buddy's assistance, there's a war between the parliaments who no longer trust humans, who no longer believe that there is any sort of validity when it comes to the past agreements that held things in order. And because of that, the Justice League Dark Team, along with the addition of those like John Constantine begin to suggest ways to take advantage of those currently in their captivity. For this example, the Floronic Man, someone fans of the Swamp Thing will recognize, might play a pivotal role, but betrayal exists on both sides of any future deal. And it appears as though there are other players on this board entering this game who have yet to make themselves known. And one has the Floronic Man on his knees. And I'm curious to see what kind of future that might offer for this story and for us as we continue on. I think we're looking forward to a really wonderful combination of surprise and excitement, much like the very short tease 
of a young Abigail Arcane in a very shadowy, but bright shadowy, almost foggy world. You'll have to see it for yourself, I recommend. I know I normally read this at the beginning of each title, but for this, Justice League number 20, Ram V and James Tynan IV provided the script with art by Kyle Hotz, FCO Placencia with the colors, Rob Lay with the letters, Guillaume March providing the original cover, and Clayton Crane providing the variant cover. Now with this story, we have an opportunity to see so many elements of what makes Justice League Dark so great. We also have the chance to start a new chapter, the War of the Parliaments, in this storyline titled The Parliaments of Life. What exactly is in store for the team in the remaining chapters? Given what we've seen occur with magic and storytelling in this book so far, I'd say it would be wise to consider every element that might exist within your storehouse of DC darker content, magical lore, and see what you can sift through, discover, and bring to the surface, because I think more than one of those elements will be coming into play. I really enjoyed this issue. I felt it embraced so many of the best elements that kickstarted this series with issue number one, and I believe that we are about to embark on a really grand story that will also be overshadowed by the deal that Wonder Woman made with the other kind and just what it might mean for the rest of the team to deal with the consequences of that choice as they navigate a war zone in which they appear to be caught in the middle. Justice League Dark 20 is a solid 5 out of 5 and one I'm more than happy to recommend to you, although what I'm really interested in is what you have to say, if you have or when you get the chance to read this title for yourself. Listen to the end for all the ways you can do that. But let's move in to my fourth choice. Now for that fourth choice, I decided to go with a really fun book for me. For this one, I couldn't hold back, and I had to choose Batgirl, number 44. Why number 44? Well, the title alone might give you a hint. Dragons beget dragons. In this great story from writer Cecile Castellucci, with art by Cian Tormi, colors by Chris Sotomayor, letters by Anne World Design, and Giuseppe Comuncoli, Cam Smith, and Jean-Francois Boulot, providing the original cover, with Terry and Rachel Dodson collaborating for the variant cover. In this mystical tale that takes place in a place outside of time, perhaps one similar to the spinner rack, but with just a bit more sword, sorcery, and adventure, or perhaps we have all that sword, sorcery, and adventure right here, but due to the nature of our programming, 
We choose to leave that out as part of the spinner rack, well aware that right outside the door, it awaits us all, much like the great adventures that exist in any new wonderful place, no longer bound to the physics of this world. And just like that type of world with its own rules, the world where Batgirl has found herself is one that is based on the many elements that sustain fantasy lore. There is a dragon. There is a knight. Jason, the man who has developed a crush, perhaps even more, regarding Barbara, but does not have the best feelings when it comes to Batgirl. They're facing a dragon who feeds off of fear, and because of that, any doubt or hesitation either of them might be feeling about love, about those they love, the things they love, and how those fears can manifest, feed the dragon. How do you defeat it? Well, the only way you can defeat fear is with love. How does Batgirl take this tried and true strategy into consideration? Thankfully, she's not the only one involved. This whole world was created by a writer who, unfortunately, was barely a mid-level success in the genre that he wrote in and had created a world in the attempt to bring about the lost love that he never could hold on to. And when he is able to bring her into that world, he sets about creating a grand story with her help as his editor, shaping his ideas, collaborating as a partner, the way they always worked great together. They offer up the opportunity for the dragon to be defeated. And they have a weapon that Batgirl and Jason can use to take it down. But they have a quick lesson to learn from an additional character who provides rare insight into the difference between overcoming our fear, not getting distracted by that bird that just flew by and somehow let its echo into this interdimensional space, much like the puppy next door. And yet, through the understanding that you can't just put on a false face when it comes to fear in order to claim that you're fearless, but that you have to face fear head on with the strengths that you know can overcome it. Batgirl, Jason, the writer, and his editor make quite a few great discoveries as they work to defeat the dragon and thus answer their own questions about the fear that has always been their greatest nemesis. I'm a sucker for these stories and I'm happy to admit that this was a personal selection based on personal values that were also, in my mind, elevated through the great storytelling by C Cecil and the amazing team that supported Cecil and made this such a great experience for me. I love when writers can blend genres and not make it feel forced or clunky. And with a great art team to support the 
story and dialogue, this ended up being a really great experience for me. One I hope you'll enjoy as well. And if you do or don't, I'd love to hear your feedback. Background number 44, my fourth choice for this episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. A really strong 5 out of 5, and a great way to set up my fifth and final choice. Now for that fifth and final choice, I decided to go with Red Hood Outlaw number 43. My reasons will be justified in a few moments, but first, in a story titled Terror Train, written by Scott Lobdell, with pencils by Christopher Williams, inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Ari Priano, and letters by ALW's Troy Pateri. We get the chance to have a bit of fun on a train, and who doesn't love trains? Speeding down the tracks at dangerous speed, and with the assistance of his good friends, you might know them better as part of the amazing trio he has been collaborating with in the past. Jason is met by the Untitled. And in this moment, we learn not only what the Untitled is, or the Unentitled is, Unentitled, the Untitled. Boy, sometimes you just can't get a word out the right way. So with The Untitled, we learn about its ancient evil, the visual representation of its powers, which is both terrifying and gross. You'll have to see it for yourself on that one. And we get a classic DC character, one that I remember from the old days of the Justice League, one who I'm not going to spoil for you because... It's just not something I feel comfortable doing. If you get a chance to pick up this book, you're going to have a great discovery. And maybe by the time you're hearing this, you've already heard of it. But at the moment I'm recording it, it feels like I need to provide just that bit of protection. I will tell you, the initials are GG. And the best thing is, I know there's more than one character from the Justice League especially in the 90s period, with those initials, who you might consider, whether or not you guess right. Well, that's going to be a fun story for me to hear from you. But the appearance of this character harkens back to what should have originally been a different time in America, but now feels like a stark version of the present and maybe a rare glimpse into its future. But his arrival suggests that the Untitled, discovered on this train by Jason and his team, are not just making a rare appearance, but actually gathering steam and making their way to an international destination. GG would like to know if the team is willing to help. Now, on a side story... There are things that simply should be left alone. Should you find yourself chasing down a wet pet escaping from its bath, turn a corner and discover a beautiful 
perhaps even magical-looking weapon. Resting all by itself? Don't pick it up. There's probably something not so pleasant awaiting you when you do. What has been discovered by a woman who Jason had hoped to be developing a potential romantic interest with, maybe even had at one point come close to achieving it, well, she's going to learn for us. We're going to discover it together. And with it, the story of Red Hood and the Outlaws will begin tracking in two different directions, probably coming to an unfortunate connection at some point in the future, one that I think might have disastrous consequences. I loved all the elements that this story introduced. I love the concept. I love the old characters. And I love a weapon with a curse. There's just something about it, which is why I was pleased to give Red Hood the Outlaw, or Red Hood Outlaw. Sometimes I throw in articles to titles I just don't need. But Red Hood Outlaw number 43 was a great 5 out of 5, and a perfect way for me to end episode number 47 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Happy to be with you. Happy to share my five choices with you. And potentially hear from you what your picks were this week and whether or not the reasons you chose them are the same or different from mine. Which is a great cue to remind you that DC Comics News is now on all the major podcast platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you haven't yet, please head over, subscribe, and rate and review. I think we're five stars, but it's your opinion I really want to hear. And for other ways you can let me know your thoughts about this episode, the issues we discussed, or any episode prior, you can find DC Comics News on all your favorite social media channels, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, or YouTube. Just use the at symbol and DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C. O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And if you haven't had a chance to yet, I'm going to highly encourage you to check out the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast team. Get a chance to catch up on all of the great things that you might not know about when it comes to movies, TV and streaming, comics, and everything else that falls across and within the boundaries of the DC Universe. I'm also going to encourage you to check out the podcast by my co-conspirator on the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, and that would be my good friend Mr. Steve J. Ray and his I Am The Night podcast about Batman the Animated Series, an episode-by-episode breakdown. Vast insights from Steve and sometimes his son, as well as the rare knowledge you can only get from a diehard Batman fan with decades of knowledge at his fingertips, at his disposal, and as he refers to it, within the realms of his Geekopedia. I also encourage you, if you enjoyed this episode, to make sure you've subscribed to the DC Comics News Podcast Network so you can catch all of the episodes of the upcoming DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Always a pleasure to join you from this interdimensional world where somehow, despite all the 
bubble and folding away in the multiverse we might be, the noise of my neighbor's dog, perhaps the snoring of my French bulldog puppy in the other room, can still find its way to reverberate against the walls and the sound waves of this broadcast. Even with all that, we still had a chance to talk about some great books, and I look forward to talking about next week's books with you right here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Thanks for joining me. Look forward to hanging out with you next time. And as always, read more comics. See you next time.